It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to a Monday Buckeye Talk. Douglas Maurice, Nathan Bear. Nathan is in California where he went to Disneyland on Monday, talked to some Buckeyes, and found an avalanche of news awaiting him. So, as much as I would like to discuss Disney rides with Nathan, get his view on the Matterhorn, ask him if he went to California Adventure talk about uh, the differences between Disneyland, which is in California, and Disney World, which is in Florida. We've got to talk about Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Nicholas Petit-Frere, and Haskell Garrett, along with Dewan Jones. A lot, he's not opting out, but he has some interesting stuff going on, along with a bunch of other news with the Buckeyes. Again, Nathan's texting all this out live from Cali, 614-350-3315. You want a hint? Sign up for the next two weeks so you get all the live updates from Nathan as they happen in California, then bail, and it'll be free. That's our little hint. All you have to do is type stop when you're done. So, I mean, I'm just giving you free advice for Buckeye information for the holidays. Nathan, I think we need to start with the opt-out. Garrett Wilson announcing that he is opting out. That is no surprise. Nicholas Petit-Frere also announcing that he's opting out. Also, I would say not a surprise, although I would characterize that probably not as much a sure thing Wilson was. Chris Olave and Haskell Garrett also opting out. Not a shock, but maybe not on the list of things that we were necessarily expecting. How did you take this news? Let's talk about what you thought of it, and then we'll talk about the mood around it. Yeah, so like you said, Wilson, not a surprise. NPF, not a surprise, the way he had talked. And, and Haskell Garrett, to me, also, I had kind of categorized, maybe not too far, from Nicholas Petit-Frere. I don't know what he had to come back for in a lot of ways. So I, could, I saw him moving on. That didn't surprise me anyway. Um, Olave was maybe the most surprising one in some ways. And maybe that was naive for me. But, I mean, he's with the team. He's practicing. I saw him. He was walking around Disneyland with the rest of the team in his gray uh, sweats and whatever. And so and that was just a few minutes before Ryan Day told us that he was one of the four guys that wasn't going to play. So that was the only one that, that I was maybe a little bit surprised by. And it's obviously he has every reason in the world, every motivation in the world, why he probably should opt out. I don't dispute that it's probably the right decision for him. But just being a California guy and the fact that he was with the team just seemed like he was maybe trending towards playing. But that's obviously not the case. 
So it seems like he wanted to come to California. Like the other, are the other three guys with the team in California or no? I don't know that. I, I didn't, I didn't follow up with Ryan and ask that, but I, I don't know if they're with the team. I did not see them today. So the idea that Chris Olave, who is from Southern California, might want to come along, get that experience, but not put his body at risk and potentially put millions of dollars at risk by playing in the game and and having the potential of injury. That does make some sense to me. It's like, well, why is he there at all? It's because, well, he wants to experience sort of the California-ness of it as a California guy, but he doesn't want to go all the way and play the game. This is um, an area that you and I have discussed in the past. I think other people have discussed when this subject came up with Ohio State this offseason about brotherhood kind of stuff. Because if you start talking about how, hey, we're different. Hey, we're a brotherhood. Hey, there's up that other places. But, you know, hey, we love each other. You just set yourself up for failure because this is just real life. And it is not a knock on Ohio State, but it's a reminder that Ohio State's just like everybody else. Just like Kenneth Walker III opting out for Michigan State, Kenny Pickett opting out for Pitt, Kyle Hamilton opting out for Notre Dame. High draft picks are going to opt out of games that aren't the playoff. And if anybody around Ohio State on the team or among the fan base ever thought that wasn't the case, you just weren't being realistic. This is just the real world now, Nathan, the way it works, isn't it? Yeah, and Ohio State fans should have known that already. I mean, they they went through this with Denzel Ward. Now, because Ohio State's been to the playoff three of the last five years, it hasn't been as much of a constant conversation with Ohio State as it is with maybe most of the other teams in college football, right? Like most other teams, if you've been a nine-win team for the last five years, you've probably had a lot of opt-outs because all of your your best seniors um, or maybe at least one person a year or something would, would be opting out. For Ohio State, it's just been less frequent because the stakes of the games that they're playing in the postseason have been so much higher. So if a player was opting out of a playoff game to to avoid injury or start his NFL draft process, whatever, I could see somebody being sore about that. This is an exhibition. I mean, I, I'm not to win this game would be good for Ohio State, but at the end of the day, it's it's mostly an exhibition and it's mostly a an opportunity to showcase your program, to get these extra practices as a team, and in this case, to get some players some um, additional exp- uh, get some some additional experience. The, the there's in the long run, there's more benefit to Ohio State probably for these guys opting out than there is for them playing it decreases their chances of winning but is winning the rose bowl the most important thing right i mean it's correct it's up there i'm saying it doesn't matter but it's not the end all be all like it once was did was there any idea again it's like it's the rose bowl like is the rose bowl it's cool i get it we're not being dismissive of the rose bowl but in the end, is it really that any different than Kyle Hamilton opting out of the Fiesta Bowl or Kenneth yeah. Walker III and Kenny Pickett opting out of the Peach Bowl? Those are all New Year's Six Bowls, too. Yeah, it's the same. It's not as if Ohio State had won the Big Ten. And this isn't back in the day when they fought all season to win the Big Ten and get to go and represent the Rose Bowl. This is a hand-me-down sort of experience that they're getting going to the Rose Bowl. They didn't win the Big Ten. This is just where they're going because of contractual obligations that don't directly affect the, the, the players involved. So 
yeah, I, I don't see it as being any different than those. Um, I know there's people out there who probably still harbor that sort of esteem for the Rose Bowl. And I, I just don't think that's the world we live in anymore. I, it almost actually is more surprising to me that maybe even that Kenny Pickett, for instance, the Pitt quarterback, who was one of the four Heisman finalists, would opt out of the Peach Bowl because that's sort of like, I mean, a New Year's Six Bowl for Pitt. That's the best that Pitt ever could have imagined for this season coming in. And Kenny Pickett made it happen. Ohio State, this is less than what they expected. So especially right. when the postseason is less than what you expected, the opt outs are even more likely you know, Pitt's maxing out, man. Michigan State, my gosh, the season they had compared to last year, this is maxing out, and their best player's not playing. So it just feels like four years ago when Ohio State went through this from, for Denzel Ward, I felt like maybe the media or people who knew was making a, a bigger deal of like, listen, man, like Denzel Ward's father passed away while he was in college. He's trying to do right by his family, that kind of thing. And, and we're at the point now where like, you don't need a reason. You don't need an excuse. It's just you can't win a national championship. You're going to the NFL, and why risk it? So that's where we are. And now the mood. When Ryan Day said it, was he matter of fact? Was he like, hey, hey, but, you know, these guys got to do what's best for them? Did he sound a little disappointed at all? How did it? How was it presented to the media? And how did how did Ryan Day seem? Uh, well, I had the first question when we walked up to Ryan, and I said. I started off just asking about Garrett Wilson, and he transitioned that just very quickly into being, uh, yeah, so we have four players who are not playing. We have four players who aren't available, is the way he put it, and enlisted those four guys. So it was pretty matter of fact. It was pretty business decision. And, you know, he spoke with certainly no, no ill will of, about those guys, at least what he's publicly saying. And I don't think he probably has any, again, I, I think he understands him. Mean, he's been in the NFL. He knows if he was an NFL talent evaluator, what would he be saying to those guys? You know what I mean? Like if he was still the quarterback's coach or an, an assistant coach for the Niners or the Eagles, what would he be hoping that the guys that they want to draft would do in this situation? And, and I think that's, he's probably got a good perspective on this. So he was complimentary of those guys and, and what they had done in their careers, especially Olave, obviously everything he's done here for four years. But I think they understand that uh, the, these things happen. I mean, they, they happen even when you, when they're not opt outs, right? I mean, they had to, they had to play a national championship last year without multiple starters. It's just one of those things that you have to, to deal with. I thought you put it really well on the rapid fire you did the other day to go back to what you're saying about someone like Kenny Pickett, that if you were answering a question about the, um, the insurance riders and whether that was like something that would make sense and like, could a bowl just pay players to play? Like, could they, somebody pay? So like, if you think about that, like, I thought you made a good point. Cause like, if they're going to pay a million dollars for Kenny Pickett to play in this game, would that really be enough for Kenny Pickett to jeopardize the tens of millions of dollars that he's probably going to make? I mean, he might be, he's in the conversation to be like the number one overall pick. And I know none of the guys that we're talking about with Ohio state maybe have quite that, that going, but kind of, I mean, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, they could either one be the first receiver taken off the board very high in the first round um, in this next draft. And it's just, there's too much at stake for return that is mostly uh, not tangible. It's like, you know, pride and, 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 and let's, let's not forget there are Ohio state players who are playing in this game who could have opted out. And we would have probably said that that makes some sense and, and they're going ahead and, and playing. So um, it's just a personal decision and I, I can't really fault them for it. I didn't see this anywhere. Devin Lloyd, the Utah linebacker is projected as a top 10 pick. As far as we know, is he playing? 
So he was riding around in the thing for the parade today, the little parade that they did for us. And I guess they didn't really do it for us. I should say they did it for somebody. We were ready to go in and talk to everybody. They did it anyway. And I, we, they did the interviews at the same time. So I assume he is still playing. But you were on a shuttle bus with Utah writers and stuff, right? They didn't all come out saying, oh, my God, Devin Lloyd's not playing, I guess. I so. didn't see it. And I there, I guess there were Utah writers there. I didn't meet any. I was very quickly uh, getting back on my computer to start posting things. So I, I'm doing a quick search right now. I don't I have not seen word that he would be opting out. And again, I don't think he would have probably been riding around in the sleigh or whatever they were doing if he was opting out. So I, I don't think he is. And again, there, there is some different perspective here because for Utah, this is where they wanted to go. I mean, it realistically, I mean, I guess they could have been made a playoff charge in some ways this year, but in a lot of ways, like especially once they started off the way they did, they climbed back to this point. They didn't fall into the Rose Bowl. They won their way into the Rose Bowl. And uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to him, like I said, because they were doing those interviews at the same time. But I would think that probably affects how they're looking at it. Utah tweeted a picture of practice and Devin Lloyd was practicing right. today. So, and there's no reports of him opting out. So right. that would be a surprise. But again, I think that I think the perspective matters. So did this come up how they are going to fill in for the guys? Listen, Haskell Garrett at defensive tackle. He's a very good player. They rotate defensive tackles like crazy. Haskell Garrett wasn't even starting the last couple of weeks. That doesn't mean he's not a good player, but that they can fill that gap. Maybe the rotation gets a little bit shorter or they add somebody to that rotation. What did they say about, was there any discussion about what receiver might look like? And specifically, like, is Jackson Smith and Jigba probably still in the slot? Or does he maybe move outside at all now that the two starting outside receivers aren't playing? So, okay, let's go by position by position. At receiver, I asked Jackson Smith and Jigba that. I said, are you going to just be at slot in the Rose Bowl? Or are you going to move around? And he said, well, I'll be mostly in the slot. I might move outside, but I don't really know what we're doing yet. I don't know if that was him catching himself mid-answer, not wanting to reveal something they may or may not be doing. It, it makes sense if you think about they want to get Egbuka on the field more. And I did ask Ryan Day, AMEC Egbuka was obviously unavailable against Michigan State, didn't play against Michigan. He said, no, we're expecting him to be able to play in the Rose Bowl. So if you're trying to get Egbuka on the field more in the slot, but you still want to keep Smith and Jigba out there, maybe you get him some um, you know more perimeter reps but I would expect that the people who benefit from this the most are going to be Julian Fleming and Marvin Harrison Jr. just kind of taking those outside spots that are being vacated by those starters on the way out. Uh, offensive line, I asked Day, hey, is Paris Johnson Jr. getting any run at left tackle? Uh, what are you going to do in the Rose Bowl? He said, yes, he is, but it will be Thayer Munford at left tackle in the Rose Bowl. It'll be Matt Jones at left guard. That's obviously a setup that we've seen all season. So not a significant change there. I mean, we, we're, we're used to that by now. And then with the D tackles, yeah, he specifically mentioned, and these are two guys who didn't opt out, but Antoine Jackson and Jaron Cage, who are both um, you know veteran guys who I assume are, are probably going to try to get something going in the NFL. Both those guys are expecting to play. I would expect those guys to get a lot of reps. And then you obviously have Tyleek Williams and... Um, and Ty Hamilton, and I guess even Mike Hall potentially working in there with some extra reps with that that depth group that you're talking about. 
So that's just, I mean, we did ask Paris uh, when we had the media day in Columbus about if he'd repped it all at left tackle. And at that point, he said no. So it felt like they were leaning towards there. there. And again, Matt Jones has been sort of like the sixth starter in the offensive line all year. So to kick Thayer out the tackle where he was a starter for three years and then start Matt Jones is not actually that big of a deal. And appropriately for Thayer Munford, last time Ohio State was in the Rose Bowl in 2018, uh, Thayer Munford was a starting tackle for Ohio State, but he was he was having back issues and he didn't play. So now he gets to start in the Rose Bowl. So that at the position that he played for most of his Ohio State career. So that actually is kind of a nice thing for Thayer Munford. Anything else on the opt-outs, Nathan, that we need to cover for these four specific guys or anybody else who maybe thought about opting out decided to play? Is there any other opt-out conversation? So I guess maybe the most uh, intriguing one would be Seven Banks deciding to play. I saw um, a couple of weeks ago there was an autograph signing and Dan Hope had gone there and Banks talked like maybe he wasn't going to play, but he was not mentioned today by Ryan Day. So I guess that means he is expecting to at least be available for the Rose Bowl. And I guess, you know, Cam Brown also similarly would be, although he already announced he's coming back. Yeah. So it, it really, it, I, I, I would have, if you, if you had said that there were more guys opting out, I guess I wouldn't have been surprised. We saw Jeremy Ruckert today. We saw, um, I'm trying to think of who else we actually physically saw. Like, I mean, it, Tyreek Smith maybe would be a guy that maybe you would maybe think about. I'm just trying to think of guys who are yeah, going to the and, NFL and are going to get picked. Yeah. And, but Tyreek Smith had already told us, I mean, he had been available a couple of weeks ago, told us that he was playing. So the, really overall, they got a decent number of players you know, considering how many guys they have who are going to be like second day early third day guys in the NFL draft. I think they, they actually have a fairly decent return here uh, of guys who are, who are sticking it out. All right. We'll take a quick break on Buckeye talk. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Dewan Jones, get other news from Nathan and maybe, maybe, maybe talk about rides at least a little bit next on Buckeye talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk, we actually switched recording platforms. We weren't sure if we were getting a little laggy there uh, on that first section. If we were, we apologize. We hope this is better. If it was, if it was great, we hope it's just as good. Nathan, did you get to go on any Disney rides? No. Uh, I have taken two rides today. One was when Joey Coffin from the Dispatch, who uh, whose parents live in uh, Burbank, where I was staying the last two nights, was kind enough to... Uh, drive me out to Disneyland. And then uh, I rode on the media shuttle back here. So those have been my two rides from the Disneyland experience. Did you want to go on any rides? Not particularly, no. I was really looking God, forward to the media shuttle heart. that got me back here so I could get a bag of chips and an apple or whatever they still had left and uh, start working for all the kind folks who were listening to us. Is uh, is Was it a crazy traffic in LA on the way back or is, are the streets empty because it's no one's working? I don't think the streets are empty, but I wouldn't have called, I wouldn't call it crazy traffic. We were coming back early enough in the afternoon that we were, you know, beating anything that got too crazy. I know that when we were driving out to Disneyland, the, there was some, some really piled up traffic coming the other direction. So the, there's plenty of people around, um, you know, Christmas is over and I think people are kind of more or less starting to, to get back into it. Okay. So, Bowls are being canceled left and right because of teams having too many COVID situations on their teams. 
The Rose Bowl has announced just uh, shortly before we started recording on Monday that one of the traditional activities, the Lowry's Beef Bowl, where each team goes and eats a bunch of meat. They used to compete and see who could eat the most meat, and they stopped doing that. But you just got to go eat at a roast beef place in Hollywood. That has been canceled. Is there any discussion just among the the media types or not that the people working the Rose Bowl are going to say it? Does it feel like there's a chance that the game could be canceled? And and I know that that's not based on anything because as we speak, it's on. But what's the vibe like in a world where the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl have gone virtual for all interviews and they shut down all media access to the practices this week, that there were supposed to be windows for players, to, for media members, that they two semifinals to be able to go out and watch practice. I think they said they cut it down because of like COVID fears, but I also wonder if it's like they don't want people to know how many players are not practicing, maybe because of a COVID situation. Clearly COVID is having an effect on the college football world. Could it affect the Rose Bowl? I think we've learned enough in the last 18 months not to bet the house on that not being a possibility, but I've seen no signs that we're headed to that yet. You know, Ohio state, uh, we asked Ryan day, Hey, anybody affected by COVID yet? He said a few players, but nobody at key, no key contributors. You know, they obviously today as a team are walking around Disneyland They've got, you know, they're, they're doing this little ride. They are bringing them in to talk to us. Now, everybody was wearing a mask. Uh, my phone was dying, so I didn't get to take video. But Bryson Shaw was having a heck of a time trying to talk to us. And the, the mask kept falling off his nose. He kept pulling it back up. So the, the thing that separates the, the, the scenarios here, why things are maybe so strict at the playoff games, is there's a competitive integrity that goes into those games that – I think is more important right now than with the Rose bowl. Like I said before, it's, it is mostly an exhibition. Now you wouldn't want either team to be so compromised that it was like an embarrassment to send them out there. But as we saw last year with Ohio state, that anybody you're missing from a playoff scenario, a national championship scenario uh, is potentially catastrophic. So I, I, don't like the way that they've handled that there. I think especially they could have given people more notice as someone who left home on Christmas day to come out here and start doing stuff. I would be mad if I got down there and found out there actually wasn't anything happening in person and I could have spent more time with my family. But as far I understand maybe why there is an abundance of caution, but I also, I, I have some suspicion too. Same as you, like what are they trying to hide? Is it, is it just about, because it's gotta be more that than, any because this we're just talking about a viewing window for practice you're talking about you could tell the it, it when we've done similar things like that at ohio stadium we have to like go stand on the a deck and we're nowhere near the team there's no way that like i mean i respect covid but it's not that fancy that where it can like go from like the second level down onto the field and affect somebody like that's just not going to happen so it does make me wonder if it's more what you're saying that like they don't want word to get out as to who's there, who's not. I've seen other people who are reporting on their bowl games who are able to sort of say, hey, somebody wasn't here yesterday and they're not here again today. So that probably means they're not playing. And you can start to do that math. And it may be that the teams don't, you know, if 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 the playoff gave teams the opportunity whether or not to close practice, they're going to close practice. I don't care what team it is. 
Yeah, and so, that, I mean, again, nobody cares about the media, but it's just like, is, are there any indications here that the game would be in jeopardy? Because yeah. the issue, and, I mean, to say that maybe the integrity of the game would be compromised, I mean, there have been multiple teams this bowl season that said, like, we can't play because we don't have enough players. Right. We have 40 or 50 guys in a COVID situation. And so it's not even about, like, oh, you're playing your backups. It's like, can you field a team? And if it can happen to the Fenway Bowl and the Sun Bowl and the Military Bowl, it could happen to the Rose Bowl. And we just have to all realize that. And Ryan Day was asked, like, you know, somebody came up at the very end and I thought asked a pretty smart question. Like, hey, all these other things are going on. Like, why should you have confidence? Why should we have confidence that the Rose Bowl will actually be played? And he said that they've been very diligent, that they had they put the message out to their players before they left for break that like, hey, this is coming. You got to still be smart. They're following all of the, the you know guidelines that they've been following. And he said that, again, as of today, they've only had a couple absences and it hasn't been key people. So I, he, I, he's talking like they're, they have you know instituted protocols to try to prevent this from becoming something that you know, multiplied and got worse and worse. All right. So the interviews today, there were four Ohio State players made available. Uh, last time, uh, the Rose Bowl, three years ago, they did the interviews right by Cars Land, and they had everybody set up in director's chairs. That was after they did the welcome thing at Pixar Pier, and Urban Meyer was like kind of standing there with uh, Mr. Incredible and, and Mrs. Incredible and uh, and uh, daughter Incredible and, uh, and, and young boy Incredible, whatever their names are. And so um, what was the setup today? Where did you guys actually interview Ryan Day and the players? Uh, I was once an Incredible for Halloween, actually. Uh, which which one were you? You were not Mr. Incredible, were you? Well, I don't think it uh, – I guess maybe I could have been. I don't think it mattered. We had some friends who – we made friends with this family that moved uh, to Indianapolis from Nigeria. And their kids were big, like, you know, Incredibles fans. And so this was going to be their first Halloween in – ever? Like, they'd never done Halloween before. It was their first Halloween getting to, like, dress up and do stuff. And they were all superheroes, and they wanted us to be Incredibles. So – I was I was an incredible Nathan incredible that is incredible uh, um, they were at the Lincoln uh, theater there's a theater and they were they do that has something to do with Abraham Lincoln I think and if you go uh, down Main Street you sad yeah so uh, so what's that? it's called like uh, America's Main Street or whatever and it, it if you know uh, at the end of that there was like a big Christmas tree and I think there was like a gift shop there, and then there was this like theater thing. I kept I, the whole thing was just very itchy and scratchy land to me. I that kept coming back like every time we walked down another street. And uh, for people who who are familiar with The Simpsons, uh, itchy and scratchy land. And so I'm just imagining the Mr. Link, the the President Lincoln theater thing, to just be like some animatronic robot getting shot in the back of the head over and over again, uh, because I would fit in with Itchy and Scratchy Land. That's probably not I what fe- they do there, though. I would guess. No, I, did you did you even study up on Disneyland at all before you went out there, Why? or did you just I, show up at Disneyland and be like, I don't know anything about this place? Uh, I did look up. I saw that it was uh, 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 founded in 1955. I don't know why I ended up uh, reading at least that much about it. I very briefly glanced at the Wikipedia page about Disneyland. But here's the thing. They brought us – so we get there. They walk us around through like some of the back area to get into the park. We're not allowed to take pictures or anything back there, although I did. That's how I found out I wasn't supposed to take pictures back there. And then 
we get into the park and then they sort of walk us to this area and they're like, okay, well, there's going to be this like uh, parade thing come through here. So be ready for that. But then that was, I don't know, an hour or more. So we just kind of stood there in the cold, the California cold, and waited for that stuff to start. And then Garrett Wilson made his announcement. So all of a sudden I had work to do. And so it wasn't like I was doing Disneyland things. I was just at Disneyland waiting around for the chance to talk to Bryson Shaw. I'm sure you'll do a great job covering the game. My Disney expertise, the last the two times that I have covered the Rose Bowl, is just embarrassing you right now. I just owned Disneyland Day. Now, the rest of the time, I probably wrote crap. But um, I'm not going to ask you about Disneyland anymore because okay, um, I, it, 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 it almost is making me angry because it, 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 is, it is wonderful. Okay, let's, let's talk about football. You know more about football than you do about Disneyland, Nathan Baird. Oh, that ain't saying much. Dewan Jones was one of the four Buckeyes that spoke with the media today. You texted to our tech subscribers, 614-350-3315, that he says he is still 50-50 on whether he will be at Ohio State next year or whether he will go to the NFL draft. What more can you tell us about that? And the idea that he is 50-50 right now, what was your reaction to that? Well, that's okay. So the words he uses is 50-50, but the words he also uses, which I tried to pass along, is because before I asked him that, he said something along the lines, we had just walked up to him and he said something, uh, somebody asked him about the opt-outs or whether he had thought about opting out. And he, he said something like, well, I, I, uh, he was like laughing, like, I don't think I'm a high enough draft pick to be opting out of something like this or something like that. So then I thought it was worth it. So, okay. So last time we talked to you, you were unsure about whether you're coming back next year. Like, has that changed? Are you, are you thinking now? And he said, no, that he still thinks it's 50, 50 as, as you quoted, but also as I kind of pushed him on it more, he started talking like, well, I don't really know that I'm ready, but you never know. And, and we've seen versions of this before. I think, um, as we talked before on the pod, Josh Myers was kind of a little bit in this situation last year where he, I don't think, had was was with conviction ended the season thinking he was going to leave for the NFL. And then when he got the you know evaluations back, it became clear that he had to go to the NFL like he, he was just going to be too highly uh, drafted that it was you he couldn't pass that up. And I think because of experiences like that, that makes Dewan Jones want to wait until he gets all of those evaluations and hears everything. And that's pretty clear right now that he hasn't heard everything yet, that he still has conversations he wants to have with Ryan day, that there's, you know, information that always filters down from personnel directors to the coaches so they can give players an honest, you know, evaluation of, of where they stand right now. I would, based on the way he talks, I would be surprised if he didn't come back unless there are teams out there telling him that maybe because of the tackles, the other tackles that are available this year, or just because of what they've seen, where they finally say, you know what, you're still raw, but you're also 6'9", 370, and you can do all this stuff, and that just doesn't exist in the world kind of anywhere. Even in the NFL, it's 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 fairly somewhat rare. So we'll take you. You're still going to gonna convert from being a project at Ohio State to a project for us but we're going to take you high enough that it'll be worth it. Like I, I can't say that that wouldn't happen, but it just the way he talks, it's not like he's, it doesn't feel like he's being like dragged into next season. If he has to come back. Okay. Okay. 
Bryson Shaw, Jackson Smith and Jigba, CJ Stroud, the other Buckeyes you spoke with. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So you had been, you've now traveled the world with CJ Stroud because you also went to New York with him for the Heisman ceremony. So you've gone coast to coast. What what did CJ Stroud talk about today? And what did he think of the idea of not having Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave out there? Because I've been around CJ so much recently, I didn't spend a ton of time with him. Uh, He's starting to look actually a little maybe a little bit tired of the media stuff too, uh, which I don't blame him, but we obviously did ask him and I was probably about the 400th person to ask him today, you know, Hey, so you guys are, you know, is is this the way I phrased it was, does, is this not good, but does this give you guys um, sort of a head start on next year? Do you get to now go see what, what that's going to be like next year when Olave and Wilson weren't going to be here anyway. And you get to start moving these new guys in. And his answer to that was kind of, again, I think cause he'd heard that question before was like, well, if that's what you guys think, but uh, <laughs> I think he's just, you know, uh, maybe he's some, it's sometimes he takes questions like that as if we're, um, what do I want to say like disparaging the guys who are going to be playing instead. That's not really the case. It's just saying that like, realistically, you know, you're going to get to put your passing attack together. The one you're going to use next year gets to be together as of today. It gets to be together as of the, you know, January 1st when you play that game. So I, I didn't spend a ton of time talking to him, but I think he, he definitely expressed, you know, confidence in, in the readiness of those guys. And I think he, is is ready to see what those guys can do and kind of same with Jackson Smith and Jigba like the, the most of the conversations I had with him were around along those same lines like you know what is it about you know uh, Marvin and and uh James and I'm sorry uh Julian and Amekba that you know you believe that they're ready to go and and he had, as he has been all season I think you know those guys have been saying that those guys are 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 going to graduate into those positions w- without much um growing pains so Th- those were, I think, you know, along across the board. That was mostly what those guys were getting asked about. And I tried to ask the same question to uh, C.J. Stroud, and he also very much was like, "Well, I, how did he answer?" It was I asked him something like, you know, "About what do you like about you know Marvin Harrison and Julian Fleming and Emeka Book?" And he said something like, "Well, they're here, aren't they?" And I thought at first he was saying like, "Well, they're available. What choice do I have?" But it was more saying like, "They're they're Ohio State receivers, and because of that, you know that they are um, legitimate, and that it's just a matter of time. This is just, you know, it, it's happening one game earlier, but this is it, they're not they're not being pulled ahead of uh, above what they're capable of. That they're because of that pedigree that they are going to prove that they belong at this level." Okay. You also talked with Bryson Shaw. Like, is this what any other football stuff that we need to cover that you learned from, and anything more from Ryan Day that you learned about this team? You know, first time talking to anybody in a while. What other football stuff is there worth uh, mentioning to the loyal listeners here on Buckeye Talk, Nathan? So, with Bryson Shaw, uh, we asked about Jim Knowles because the last time we talked to the players, they were due to have a Zoom meeting with Jim Knowles. I think it was later that day. And uh, we asked like how that went. Ryan Day said that it was very brief. It was like a five-minute, just an introduction. It was basically just like, you know, they didn't want it to be this thing where nobody had met. They were going to go another couple, three weeks, and nobody had ever talked to him. So they just had the defensive players in. Day introduced them. And Knowles basically just got up there and said, hey, you know, you're, you're focused on the Rose Bowl right now. But, you know, Here's, you know, just wanted to say who I was, but as brief as that was, and as maybe inconsequential in terms of like not having a lot of concrete stuff in it, 
Shaw said he came away pretty impressed that he thought that there's a toughness to Jim Knowles that came through in just that five minute experience, that quick, like just how you doing experience. And we've heard sort of similar things before even guys had been able to talk to him. I think there's just a general, uh, at least at the very least, an intrigue among the players on this defense that, you know, they they trust Ryan Day and, and who he would go higher and they see what he has done. And I think, you know, Shaw sort of, I asked, you know, is it difficult to know that, yes, you've got this Rose Bowl to play, but then once that's over, everybody kind of start, restarts this evaluation process. Everybody now has to go sort of prove themselves to uh, their coordinator all over again and, and maybe other position coaches. We don't know, obviously, yet about that. And he kind of brushed that off as like, you know, yeah, it's there, but that's just one of the distractions that you're dealing with this time of year that you have to kind of put out of your head and just focus on the game in front of you. But that was at least one person who had a, a very positive response. He was the uh, obviously only defensive player we talked to today, but a, a, um, a positive response to Knowles. And Day uh, it was reticent to talk about Knowles very much in the press last press conference we had with him on signing day. He went into a little more detail today about Knowles and why he picked Knowles and some of the research he had done and the feedback he had gotten that players have enjoyed playing for him, that there is a respect that they have for him. They respect the way that he treats them, that they're, they appreciate his communication skills. So it's just one part of the puzzle, obviously, but that was something that they acknowledged like that they had gotten positive reviews on as they were going through the process of vetting him as as the potential candidate here. So the full uh, inclusion will happen later. And actually I asked Ryan, so on January 2nd, does Jim Knowles have a office in the Woody? And he said, no, like that's still something that they're figuring out, Um, which I don't know if he was taking that as like my backdoor way of trying to ask whose office is he taking? But I was really just kind of, I was really just trying to ask, so, I mean, but when does he really hit the ground running? Like he he was around just for this this sort of brief introduction, but they, they say he starts January 2nd. And when do those evaluations start? So I guess maybe the answer probably won't be January 2nd, although I guess he could still move here and just start working out of, uh, you know, the NBC suites or wherever they put those guys up. Okay. We will take one last quick break here on Buckeye Talk, come back with a few logistical things next after this. All right, back with Nathan Baird's California Adventure. So we're recording this Monday night and getting this to you guys late Monday. This is kind of the schedule we're going to be on, I think, for this Rose Bowl week. There's no reason to hold this stuff to the morning because we want to get you guys to you guys as fast as possible. But also, Nathan is in California, so we're recording this at, you know, it's 8.45 Eastern time right now. But it's 5.45 where Nathan is, and he hasn't even eaten dinner yet, and he was doing stuff in the afternoon. It's just the afternoon. You know, you guys understand time zones. I'm not going to spend 45 seconds under explaining time zones. That would be a very typical Doug thing to do, to take the very basic premise of there are different parts of the country that are on different time zones and then spend 90 seconds explaining that. So I'm not going to do that. But we want you guys to know what's up. Tuesday, Nathan, who are the people that you get to talk to on Tuesday as far as you know right now? Don't know specific players yet, but it's defensive players. It's Ohio State's defensive availability. So I believe that means that we will get, it'll either be Kerry Combs or Matt Barnes. I don't know which one, but I I would assume maybe at this point that it would be Matt Barnes. And then usually it's like four or five defensive players. 
So um, I haven't gotten that list yet, but that happens at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. And then the Utah availability offensive players and coordinator is right after that. And that should include, I hope, Tavion Thomas, the Utah running back who was once uh, in the recruiting mix for Ohio State. He's an Ohio guy, wound up committing to Cincinnati, then leaving and going to junior college, and now is was all first-team all-pack 12 at Utah. It'd be interesting if he's one of the Utah guys you get to talk to. That means on Wednesday it'll be reversed Ohio State offense and Utah defense, which will be you know, probably Trevion Henderson and then Devin Lloyd for Utah and that kind of thing. And then Thursday... Is there a, a big media day or no? There is not. There was supposed to be a media day where we got to um, – they were going to bring in the two deep for both teams. And we were going to have you, – you were kind of free-for-all. Like anybody you wanted to talk to, you go find them. And they usually have everybody sitting in these you know big tables that stretch around. And um, But that was canceled before we ever left. That was canceled fairly early last week. Um, or I guess I shouldn't say that it was canceled over the weekend. So we, I knew that before I left Chicago, that that was being canceled. The, the one other thing that we should mention though, that is potentially useful is that at three o'clock Eastern time on tomorrow and Wednesday is as it's scheduled now, an open practice viewing window for both teams. So obviously I'll be at Ohio state both days, but That'll be a glimpse of, hey, is somebody actually not here or somebody's off to the side or somebody's practicing somewhere new, that sort of thing. So uh, those will be glimpses that we get the next couple of days, although sometimes those glimpses are just, you know, stretching and playing catch. So does that mean on Thursday, is there any media availability on Thursday or is there nothing? So the Thursday is a little bit up in the air because we had sort of uh, at least suggested that, hey, if you can't give us the full team again on Thursday like you planned, maybe we could get a smaller group. I have not heard back yet if that's going to happen. But if it doesn't, then, yeah, it looks like Thursday might be a fairly open day because the only other things scheduled and then are uh, a team photo which nobody cares about the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So it's 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 light now that they've canceled the media day. And then Friday, they always have the coaches press conference for like half an hour on the day, the morning before the game. So um, that will be the last thing. OK, well, thanks for going, man. I know you uh, I know you left on Christmas. So thanks for being there for our Buckeye Talk listeners and our Buckeye Talk tech subscribers. Uh, if you want the information from Nathan as he's getting it in California, 614-350-3315 is the place to get it. Uh, on the podcast this week, we'll dig in a little more on sort of the offensive and defensive matchups on each side of the ball as Nathan talks to um, those different people on both sides of the ball on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll certainly make our picks later in the week. We'll kind of do our usual week of game prep stuff, even though only Nathan is there as opposed to uh, Stephen and I also normally being along for the ride. So, uh, Nathan, anything else you want to wrap up with before you go eat? I don't know. Sushi? Is it always dinner? It's sushi for dinner like every time in California, right? Is that all they eat? I have no idea. I've never really – I haven't spent that much time in California. I have not had sushi yet. I think it's all frozen yogurt and sushi and like uh, like uh, chips that are made out of green beans and stuff. Watch out for stuff that looks like snack food in California but is secretly a vegetable. That's not a potato. Watch out. I'm just – I'm tipping you off. You're a man from a Midwestern bean field, and I don't want you to be fooled by an avocado. I want our readers, our listeners to know that – 
the when I stayed in Burbank the first two nights, there was a BJ's uh whatever what's it called? BJ's Burgers and Brewery. B- yeah, brew pub or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, I know you're a big fan, and I, I sent you a picture that showed just how close I was staying to a BJ's. It was like mere steps away. And I didn't eat there, but I think you would have probably had like four meals there. Oh, for sure. No, I would have gotten takeout just in case all the other meals were uh, sushi and vegetable snacks. I would have been on alert for that. Okay. Um, thanks for well, taking well, time, here's one. Nathan. To, uh, oh, uh, just oh, real quick. Um, uh, real quick. Sorry. I just happened to check this. The The line on this game had been like around, I don't know, six and a half points. I think it, it it opened at seven, was hovering around six and a half. It's at four and a half right now on the Vegas Insider consensus after the news of Ohio State's opt-outs was verified. And I see one book has it as low as four. Two books. Two books have it as low as four. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I, and I feel like everybody, like if you did like an online like bowl pool or just with your friends and stuff, it's already shot to heck because of all the cancellations and they're rematching teams who had – cancellations on their own games now they're playing again so like probably your bowl pool's dead so um just be on alert for the movement on that line i mean it's one of those things probably again that i it's one of those things nathan like as as awesome as chris olave and garrett wilson are does it fundamentally change what ohio state does i guess guess actually it does like we can't pretend that julian fleming and marvin harrison and emeka buka are exact are are just going to step in and do the exact same thing although last time they were missing a receiver a receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, just had like 70 catches. So Jackson Smith and Jigba might have 300 receiving yards in this game, which is always a possibility. All right, Nathan's going to go eat. We will get this up to you guys Monday night. Again, look for the podcasts Tuesday night, Wednesday night as we go along in this week, trying to give you guys the information as soon as we get it. Try the text at 614-350-3315, and then you'll get things even faster straight to your phone. And again, do it for free. And then it's a two-week free trial. You can bail uh, before you even get charged. For now, for Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.